Hey folks, welcome to episode 89 of the FLW Podcast in Benton, Kentucky. Back in Benton, Kentucky, I'm Jody White. I'm joined by, in Hopkins, Minnesota, my regular co-host, Kyle Wood. Dude, we got the team back together. I know, it's been, what, this three weeks now? Two weeks, well, I guess we, you and I were away two weeks in a row. So we yes. had kind of, we had Jesse filling in, did a very capable Jesse job. Jesse was more of a staple than we were, yeah. Yeah, I mean that was. He's turned into our pretty our regular backup host, which is a good thing. Yes, very good thing. Um, anyhow, I figure what we'll do, we'll give people the outline, and then talk some fishing. Sound like a plan? Okay, works for me. All right, so this week we're going to start with the outline. That's what this is. Then mostly we're going to talk about me fishing. I still might try and drag a little bit of you fishing into this okay then we're going to talk with Ravac FLW series championship qualifier for the Forestwood cup that makes no sense uh casey gallagher he's fishing dardanelle this week uh the cup next week it's gonna be a good time and he continues our wisconsin heavy run of podcast guests yeah <laughs> uh then you and i'll I guess preview Dardanelle a little bit, make some Rayovac Rumble picks, talk a little bit about Champlain, uh, wrap up that Rayovac Rumble, mm-hmm. um, talk some fantasy fishing for the cup. Uh, it's getting down there. It's time to time to pick them. We really won't be. We won't have time to fiddle with that next week unless we do like a special cup podcast. Which who knows? Ooh. Maybe we'll do something like that, right? Maybe um, we'll do a little cup preview. Kind of what we're looking forward to, uh, what we've got going on. I think that probably will be a, about it on that front because we've kind of covered that pretty well with the interviews lately. Talk some BFLs, and then we'll be out of here. So that's the plan. Sounds good. All righty. So uh, I suppose you want me to ask you about all the hogs you caught while you were – because you covered the Champagne Rayovac, right? So you, you went – Basically back home for work. Well, he took a little time off for Jody. I want to be clear. Plattsburgh, lovely city, not as good as Vermont. Well, okay. Not, not quite <laughs> home. Just, I, I want to lay that out. <laughs> back on uh, basically the lake that is the love of your life. Okay, that's Can true. Can I lay it that way? Okay. <laughs> yes. No, I get so emotional about Lake Champlain every day on the water. I was like, oh, man, this is the best lake. I cannot believe I'm here. I love my job. I love this lake. Look how pretty it is. I took more pictures <laughs> of just scenery for the sake of taking pictures of scenery than I have at any other <laughs> tournament. Like, Kentucky Lake, I'll go out and I'm like, all right, well, I didn't see anything interesting except Tom Redding catching hogs. Champlain, right. I've taken like 20 photos of. Once I just stopped, I was driving up to follow, to find Otis Darnell on the last day, which, I mean, that was a, that's a whole story in itself. But I was driving up, and I just stopped in, like, the middle of the Inland Sea. And I was like, I'm taking a picture of this. That sunlight is really pretty right now, which I wouldn't do that for, <laughs> other, for other lakes. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it looks like a very beautiful – I've never been to Champlain. I really wish 
I could have gone this year to cover it. Uh, obviously, next oh. year I'll get to go. Dude. So I'm pretty pumped. It looks beautiful. You should come a week early next year and fish the LCI with me and Dad. What is that? It's, what is that? It's So Lake Champlain International is a – they're a nonprofit group that uh, basically they lobby for uh, protection of the lake and stuff like that water quality, all that jazz. Um, And every year they have a fundraising type tournament. Uh, It's a lunker based tournament. So there's all different species involved with point values per pound for each species. And anyhow, dad and I won the cool water team division one year uh, with two smallmouth. And we fish it. I've been fishing it since I was like 12 or something like that. Every spring it's on father's day. We go out and, you know, go fishing. Point is, it's the week, Father's Day weekend, the, that tournament, is uh, the week before the tour event. Oh, so okay. So I'm figuring I'll go out there, see the fam, fish a sweet tournament, then just drive on up to Plattsburgh, cover the tournament, and then okay. probably go back and see the fam some more and catch some more fish and stuff like that, because why wouldn't I while I'm there? Heck yeah. But... You should come out early, fish a tournament. Hey, I'm all about that. It's a good time. And I know you're a big fan of Coors Light. My dad, also a big fan of Coors Light, so you already have that in common. Oh, man. Yep, okay. It's done. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, pencil, <laughs> pencil it in on the calendar. Start thinking about it. I will tentatively schedule it in there. All right. The tournament runs uh, Saturday, Sunday, and half-day Monday. We'll probably all sort of roll into town on Friday. Cool. And it'll be like me and dad, and I'm trying to get Jesse to come too, and I'm not sure if that'll work out though. He'll have a pretty new kid then. We'll see. Yeah, that's true. Uh, But also be my uncle and a friend of his, or a friend of and a friend of ours. Oh, cool! It's a whole party. Oh, it's a party. It's fun. We have like nice. We'll fish for our lunkers during the day and then like every evening we'll go out and have a tournament against all of us with like five bucks on the line and you know fish for a limit and whatnot it's a blast all right it i'm in man (laughs) um i'm in all right although warning dad will probably call you lumber the whole time um that is fine okay (laughs) (laughs) Uh, is that because of my Instagram thing or because he just likes calling wood lumber? Uh, I think it's because of the Instagram thing. And Dad just really, he kind of, he gets a nickname and he runs with it. He doesn't. Okay. Uh, okay. I think you, your dad and I get along great. I think you will. Um. But anyhow, you should come. Uh, consider right. yourself invited by just me. Nobody else has invited you, so maybe nobody else wants you, but probably they do. <laughs> but I figure an invite from you is good enough. All right. I can already tell it was a good decision to start this intro earlier than usual. Yes. Um, all right, so what else do I need to talk about here? Uh, you need to tell me about catching hogs. All right. Like, you got done working, and you were like, man, I'm going fishing. Yeah, so I got done working. Uh, Dad... Dad fished a tournament on the final day of the Rayovac, then went up to Plattsburgh, picked me up, headed back home. It was prime. Uh, 
I don't think I fished Sunday. I think I just worked on Sunday. No, I did fish Sunday. Sunday evening, after I'd finished writing up the top 10 patterns and baits, mm -hmm. I went to... I went up to St. Catherine with the family. And... Mom made lobster rolls. So we had, like, lobster oh, on the boat. And... Oh, man. Tried to catch hogs. And St. Catherine... Tried, but didn't succeed? Well, so St. Catherine usually produces for me. A lot of other people don't like it. And they kill a lot of the grass in it every year. Or a lot of the milfoil in it every year. But... Mm. Usually, I can catch a good fish on St. Catherine or two. And this time I did. I went... It was like my first, the first good spot that we hit, I was throwing a spark shad, which I'd never thrown before. I was just kind of tossing it around just to, just mm -hmm. to see. Uh, and I caught like a five and a half pounder. So I caught a big one right next to some pads. Boom, yeah. like I cranked it over the pads and through the pads. And then I just sort of let it sit on the edge of the pads. And I was talking or what, whatever. And then I picked up again and I was like, oh, that's a fish and set the hook. And all of a sudden it was huge. <laughs> I was like, whoa, that's a big fish. It's not just a little fish. <laughs> Uh, so that was fun. And also, we got our licenses checked, and I had my license, uh, but Dad didn't. His was back in the truck, so they had to look it up. So, everybody, ooh, carry ooh, your licenses ooh. with you. Um, Adam, him? What's that? Did they get mad at him for not having it? I like, don't on know. On his not, person? Not really. Um, they reminded him to have it on his person. And they like looked okay. him up in the system to make sure he wasn't lying, but no, they didn't. He was okay. not dragged off in handcuffs or anything like that. <laughs> that's that's more what I was wondering. Yeah, no, detain him until they could find out. <laughs> yeah, I've by and large had extremely positive encounters with Vermont Fish and Wildlife. Uh, it just seems like they do a really good job. At least every time I've you know talk to one there was one guy he who covered the section of champlain that i fished a lot and he checked me like twice a summer for three summers in a row we weren't on a first name basis but we knew each other <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah no i it was fairly flawless but people bring your licenses with you because you're supposed to do that um yep but the disappointment of saint catherine was that i fished the magic dock uh it's my favorite dock in the lake ah. I, Always yeah, go there. You told me about this. Dock. Always catch big ones, right? The biggest fish I ever caught there was a six ten, which is also my current personal best. Um, no That's fish on the magic dock. I didn't get a bite. Ah, oh, what? And I made some good casts. It's not like I, you know, fished it and made bad casts. I put some, I put my bait where there should have been fish, and there weren't any fish. Just no go, huh? I don't know what it was. The dock bite yeah, was not deal. on. I usually, you can run down the bank and fish those docks, and you're going to catch, like, a big one, maybe another big one, and then a limit of, like, two pounders. Like that's You should be able to do that on St. Catherine, especially if you were to mm -hmm. go on a weekday uh, or, you know, you had a good conditions and there weren't other guys hitting them in front of you or something like that. It's not a big lake. Yeah. Okay. And, man, it just did not happen. The docks were not on. We went down to the south end, fished around the pass. Dude. That was not on. St. Catherine, besides one big one, was kind of a bust. Uh, but oh, that's a bad deal. It is. But there are other sections of main lake pads that I could have fished to try and replicate that big one. Just really didn't have time to do it and didn't make it happen. 
I wonder if maybe I'd go and hit some other main lake pads. Maybe that's where they would be at. Yeah, potentially. Uh, so anyhow, next they kept day, living in the past. I know. And the main lake pads, honestly, they're a thing of the past, too. Like They're one of the deals I like to fish on that lake, but I just didn't get around to it. And we didn't go back. So next day, we went to Champlain. Um, had a pretty fun time there. We only we didn't we probably fished like three quarters of a day and then came back for uh for dinner and we did I would say all right we caught a couple big ones we mean but we didn't crush them we didn't Glenn Brown them that's for sure <laughs> uh, and we caught most of our big ones on a frog which was cool because. Oh, okay, that answers. I was going to ask you if you were chasing green ones or brown ones, but yeah, no, we the so we went out and we launched out of Benson's Landing, which is a, it's south of Ticonderoga, and we kind of fished a little bit south of Benson's, almost up to Ticonderoga. We didn't make it all the way up because there was we were working our way up, and then a thunderstorm came across the lake, so we left and we you know ran about five ten miles south just to get out of the way of the storm. It worked out prime. Okay, because when we ran down south. We caught two more big ones. Actually, three more big ones. Uh, so, uh, worked out pretty good. Uh, I'd say so. Then we went to Chittenden for a Tuesday night tournament uh, in Dad's club, and we won that. So, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I think I was uh, texting you about the podcast while you were trying to fish. Yep. I was unaware, so I apologize. That's okay. Uh, it happens. And we weren't catching anything then anyway. It took us a little while to dial it in because Dad probably... Well, Dad actually went there and pre-fished like a week before, but I hadn't been on the lake since, I don't know, three years ago. Uh, but it was cool. We caught them in like... There's there's two kinds of grass on that lake. There's, uh, there's like grass right up on the bank, which is basically reeds, and it had a lot of water in it. It looked like there should have been fish in it. But there's also Ooh, some sort yeah. of mid-depth grass in like six to well let's say five to eight feet of water and that kind of stuff usually holds fish and it did this time and i caught some big ones on the jig it's not very is that the you had one uh one like ion video of you and then you set the hook and it's like a big one and your dad gets the net was that from that tournament or is that on damn plane that was from that tournament. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because um, at that point, I had caught, I had just caught two big ones, uh, and I was, they were hitting a jig, I think it was like a three-eighths or a half-ounce jig, it wasn't a really heavy jig, and they were hitting it on the fall. Mm-hmm. And I just caught two big ones, oh. and I was trying to, like, talk Dad through changing baits <laughs> to sort of try and replicate that so we could try and catch some more big ones. And ended yep. up, we only caught three big ones. But that was the third big one, and it, you know, it hit while I was like, because Dad's colorblind, so I was we were working colors. Ah, <laughs> um, uh, I got. It. But yeah, so that worked out pretty well. And then we spent one day up. Uh, Man, not up you were north. all over the place. Well, I gotta go fish all my places. I like to go fish, hey, you know. I like it. I'm jealous. Uh, so you went up north. Yeah, so we did one day up north, on the middle of the lake, not way up north and we had a really we had a pretty good day it was supposed to be calm we looked at the weather it was like oh man winds less than 10 miles an hour 
waves less than one foot, sign me up. And it was like that for mm. like two hours. It was beautiful. And then like about 10 o'clock, it oh, just, yeah. they were like three and a half footers from, for the entire rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so classic, classic. Champlain. Um, and they were from like the Southwest, which are where we were fishing. There's basically no place you can hide from those. So we just bounced around <laughs> for the rest of the day. Caught a ton. Of, we caught a lot of fish, but we didn't catch many big ones. But man, they were eating that Carolina rig. Um, oh, cool. so that was a pretty fun time. I mean, you can't beat, you can't really beat catching a lot of smallmouth, but I wouldn't mind catching no, you some can't. big smallmouth. Evidence of that being you until know, next time. Yeah. And we caught some three pounders, but we never caught anything that I said, oh man, we got to get the camera out for. Which is the thing. You know, we had the camera there, never yep. broke it out. Well, that's, maybe that's why you didn't catch any big ones, because you had the camera. Well, here's the thing I had the camera with me all the other times. Oh. And I caught some big ones, so. Okay. Well, then it's not the, the camera jinx. Yeah, so that's, that. I guess that's about it. We did a little other fishing, but none of it was super remarkable. Dang, uh, man. It sounds like a good time. I'm sure it was probably great to be back home with the fam, too, huh? Oh, yeah. It was awesome. It was just, it was great to hang out and, you know, see all the critters and be home and all that jazz. No complaints. Well, good. So you're well for rested the, for, the, uh, for the cup. Yeah. I've been really busy this Relaxed. week. Relaxed. I feel like. But that's... Well, that's I'm, what you get when you're... That's what you get when you gone. take time off, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm fired up for the cup. It's going to be awesome. I'm really Good starting deal. to get fired up for the cup, but too. Like, just this morning, it kind of hit me. I'm stoked. Other than how hot it's going to be? You know what? I got a couple new pairs of shorts coming in the mail. They're supposed to be here on Friday. I don't care. I'm just, I'm ready. Wow. I say bring Wow. It. You are fired up. Yeah. I did especially decide that I was going to need some more shorts because I have like one pair of shorts that I like wearing when it's really super hot out. And I was like, you know what? If I wear the mm -hmm. same pair of shorts eight days in a row, people are going to notice that. <laughs> <laughs> Two, three days in a row? Eh, maybe. But yeah, you could maybe get away with that. I figure I might as well uh, be prepared. Also, I've heard rumors there's going to be a dress code for, like, at weigh-ins and stuff, which, if so, we'll yeah, see. I don't know if that'll pertain to us. Let me rephrase that. I don't think it should pertain to us. Right? Like, how am I going to have the time to change? I'm going to have to, like, carry clothes with me from the... Yeah, no. I'll have to, like, I, change I think... in the truck on the way down there. I think that's dumb. I don't know. I... I have, like, All one purposes. mode of dress, and that's basically on-the-water coverage or on-the-water coverage except with a T-shirt. So <laughs> I don't, you know, flip-flops in some some form of shorts. I don't know that we're going to – I don't know how well I'm going to adapt to that if we need to. Well, well, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But I do have a suit for the bank banquet, so. I don't know, you're a step ahead of me. I don't know where my suit is. i got to find that. I, well, I'm fairly sure I know where my suit is, and it's the same one I've worn to, I don't know, most formal occasions that I've ever needed to go to. 
Don't know about a tie situation though. That's a whole that's a whole nother bridge to cross. Oh yeah. Um so much to think about. Right? It's a big deal. Hmm? So do you have anything interesting that's been happening with you? I know you got you went um, to Canada. Obviously you talked a whole bunch about catching topwater walleye. You caught some big smallmouth. You had a blast. Uh have you had anything cool happen this week or what am what uh, I missing? Uh, no, no, pretty much since I got back from Canada, I, I've been back to boring old Kyle. Just uh, busy doing stuff at work, busy doing stuff around the house, kind of getting ready for the cup, kind of getting ready sort of for the wedding a little. When When's the uh, wedding going on, by the way? Uh, that is uh, October, some, October 17th, I think. All right. Yes. That is, I shouldn't say I think. I know it's October 17th. I mean, I would hope the reason I know, know that is because it kind of coincides with the set or the South Zone duck opener in Minnesota. Okay. Which, big date to know. That's cool. kind of how I kept that in mind. Emily doesn't know that, but that's how I remember it. Does she listen to the podcast? Uh, I don't think so okay but well, maybe i'm off we'll find out <laughs> i guess so let, let us know next week whether she listens to the podcast or not yeah I, I will i will um all right well that seems like a pretty good deal and yeah i can see that you probably would have some other non-forest would cut preparations to make about this time yeah yeah we're kind of getting there although i do the one thing that i kind of drove home last week but i wanted to tell you because we hadn't had a chance to talk about it Hit me. So with this top of our wall, I think the craziest thing about it was so last year I caught them on top waters. There's like current blowing into the shelf and there was wind blowing in there for like the two days or three days before I got to Canada. And then the three days, you know, preceding or after that. And, uh, so it made sense to me that there was a lot of bait stacked up in there, which then kind of made sense how the walleyes were in there. Well, this year, because I went up like completely not even expecting to catch walleyes on top water. This year, the wind was blowing the complete opposite direction. So there basically was no wind blowing into the shelf at all, except for a little bit of current. And there was still a ton of bait, and there were still walleyes in there blowing up on stuff. So to me, that made it like it was actually like it's a thing, you know. And it's kind of the same time of the year. Like there's actually a water flowage system than there was last year. But it was that, that was kind of the craziest thing. It was like two totally different, you know, um, conditions, yet same result. That is pretty cool. So I think I'm just going to move up there and start guiding walleyes on top water. Do that after the cup. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait on that. But, you know, basically, that's how I'm going to make my living. Uh, Gussie, watch out, because I'm coming to Canada, man. I'm coming okay. in on your turf. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> I guess, so these topwater walleyes, do they, like, come up and crush it? Or do Dude, they? They annihilate it. They're really, really bad. And I, I can throw this point home last week too, but they're really their eye mouth coordination needs some work. They need to hang out with a small well, a small mouth isn't even that good at it. They need, they to, need hang to hang out. With a large out. Mouth. 
Yes. They need to find a, find a large mouth somewhere and just sit next to it for a while and watch it eat something. Because they'll, like, I, they were coming all the way out of the water for it, like doing somersaults on top of the uh, walking like bait, prop bait. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was unbelievable. Like half the time it was a walleye because you'd see their tail come out of the water and you could see that little white tip on it. The other thing, uh, when they were chasing bait, you'd see their dorsal fin out of the water like a shark. Like it was standing up and you'd see it like oh, cruising around behind, behind the, the tulipies they were chasing. It was pretty sweet stuff. I tried, I told Jesse, I tried getting, um, I had my good camera, but it was really hard to get photos of it where you could actually see like the fin and stuff mm-hmm. because they wouldn't start doing it until basically almost dark. And then that water, you know, that tannic stain in the water, it doesn't reflect light that well. It's, it's pretty dark. So, I mean, you could crank your ISO up, the photos got grainy and they just looked that good. So I gave it, I tried to capture a moment. I tried to film it a little too, same problem. Or you'd like get, I'd had, I had my, uh, my set up like on the back of the boat, kind of on a little stick. Yep. And I'd get the, the boat pointed the right way. And then they'd blow up like complete opposite direction of where they were. And then right. I'd fire over there, catch one, and then like have no footage of it. So next year, I think I'm going to have to bring like 40 cameras and just mount them all over the boat. What, and what actually get some footage of that. What you need to do is get like 40 cameras, float them down into range of the fish. Put them on little uh, bobbers or something. Ooh. Ooh. That's the plan. I might need, I need another box of stuff. I would bring enough stuff to camp. I'm going to box for sure. All right. Well, I tell you what. I'm going to go. I'm going to hang up with you. We're going to get right back. Call up Casey Gallagher. Let's do it. And now we're joined by Casey Gallagher. Um, Casey qualified for the Forestwood Cup this year uh, by really catching the fire out on last year on Wheeler at the Rayovac FLW Series Championship. Uh, Casey, I understand you're sort of on Dardanelle right now uh, poking around for the Rayovac. Yeah, I've been uh, on Dardanelle since uh, last Tuesday. Um, just kind of getting re-familiarized with the lake. Um, I was here in uh, 2010. Um, I think it was, or 2009. Um, so just getting re-familiarized and finding some fish and um, then finding a few. So hopefully we can have a good tournament here. All right. Good deal. Um, well, Ky- yeah, Kyle, oh, why don't you get that, into it? Is that cool if I leave in here, Jody? Yeah. Go uh, uh, Casey, I was going to get to the, uh, just before we get rolling in this interview, um, I, I've talked to you a few times. I've talked to you at the Rayovac Cross. Uh, and then obviously last year at the championship when he got through place. Um, but I think the thing right out the gate, um, I think it would be nice to hear a little background info about, you know, who Casey Gallagher is. Uh, from Wisconsin, just kind of tell us a little bit about how you got into fishing, uh, you know, and, you know, growing up around Wisconsin or if you're from somewhere else. Sure. Yeah, I'm, uh, I grew up. In uh, basically in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, I currently live just outside of Green Bay. Um, I'm married and I have a one eight year old son. Um, I got into fishing from my dad. I grew up around tournament fishing. Um, my dad did it ever since I can remember. Um, and I currently work for a 
Procter and Gamble and Mill. Um, they were nice enough to uh, give me a extended leave of absence here, so I could spend a little time in Arkansas uh, the last uh, couple months here. So, so being that you're from Green Bay, uh, were you a walleye guy growing up? No, my dad uh, always fished fast, so that's really all I know. Um, never wow, really okay. uh, got into walleye at all. So. That's kind of figured, you know. I'm I'm up here in Minnesota, and you know, get around Green Bay, you get up northern Minnesota, Wisconsin. I mean, walleye's kind of kings. I feel like it's kind of cool when you get a guy that has a background that's pretty much always been it's kind of a rarity in the parts. Yeah, well, you know, Green Bay's a lot like Minnesota now. Is that it is mainly walleye up by us and uh, or muskies. That's they they like to oh, go after yeah. their muskies. So. All right. So another question for you: Do you prefer smallmouth or largemouth? A favorite? Um, I prefer largemouth. I if if I can have a flip and stick with braided line in my hand, I'm a happy guy. So I'm not afraid to go smallmouth fishing, and I've I've. You know, done really well smallmouth fishing as well. So that's what's one thing that's nice about living up north is that we have a lot of versatility and we learn to do a lot of different things. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I can see that, but, man, I I don't know. That's a questionable pick in my mind. I'm I'm all about the smallmouth. <laughs> they just fight so much better. <laughs> True. Um, so, so, Casey... Do you have any? Do you have any designs on a fishing career? Because you've been fishing the Rayovax for, I guess, what three or four years now. Um, really, you've done well in all of them, and you've got the cup here on the horizon. Is that is that something you would ever think about, or do you sort of just fish tournaments because you like fishing tournaments, uh, and that's kind of where you're at? Um, you know, for the most part, I fish tournaments because I like fishing tournaments. Now, when I caught the Forestwood Cup, um, you know, that opened up some other avenues for me. Um, you know, I've always said that I would never want to fish for a living, and I don't know that I ever would want to fish for a living, but I wouldn't mind fishing for a, uh, for a job. And I say that in the way of if if I can come down here and win the Forestwood Cup, that really gives me and my family security for the future. And so that's why I really spent as much time down here as I could, because this is the only way that I would ever consider uh, leaving my job that I currently have and going fishing. Is if you really felt like you had the stability to to do it. Correct. I, you know, I, I work for Parker Gamble in a paper mill, and I really enjoy that type of work, um, and it's secure, and I, you know, I know I can provide uh, for my family that way, so... That would that's uh, that would be very hard for me. All right, good deal. Let's go ahead. Let's. I want to get into uh, to Dardanelle now because that's, I guess, the first thing on the table. We'll push the cup off just a little bit. Had you been down to Dardanelle before, uh, or was this kind of your first time showing up there? Because I know, you know, you you're very familiar with a lot of northern waters, but I can't imagine you have tons of experience down south. Um, I was at Action Dardano. I think it was in 2009. Um, I was I fished the Co Angler on the FLW series that year. Uh, but I, 
I fished that tournament down here at a coin where I actually drew uh, Larry Nixon and George Cochran for two days. So I got a pretty good, um, you know, showing of the lake during that tournament. That is pretty cool. Um, yeah, not too too bad guys to be with, I guess. I mean, they know no, a thing or two. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So for for this for this week, how do you feel like the lake is? What what's the lake currently look like? Is it muddy? Is it clear? Uh, what's it got in it? Just sort of give us give us the rundown because I know. I mean, we've had some BFLs there, and we've had some college events there, but we. Yeah, I don't know that we've had a tournament there this year yet, and I'd be curious just to hear from someone on the ground uh, what it's shaping up like for this week. Yeah, this, this, right now the lake, um, the main river is pretty dirty, um, and everything that has any current on it is pretty dirty. Um, you can find clean water if you go into the to the backwaters. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of cane and bushes and uh, you know that type of shallow structuring for them to sit on um there's also a lot of drops in deep fishing that's probably going to go on as well all right so with you being a fan of having a flipping stick are you planning on fishing this one shallow or are you thinking you'll be fishing off deeper i'm definitely going to be targeting shallow fish um I feel more comfortable with that. Um, and this really, you know, this body of water is interesting as it, it really sets up a lot like the Mississippi River does. Um, and I've gotten a lot of experience in the last couple of years um, fishing the Mississippi, so I'm comfortable doing this, this style of fishing. All right. Well, that sounds like a, sounds like a good deal. Um, moving on to the cup, you said you had an extended leave of absence to come down and practice, so... How much time did you spend on Wachita? I spent uh, about two weeks there. Um, I didn't fish every day. But I fished uh, the majority of them, or idled around and looked for the majority of them. Um, so it, I got the lay of the land pretty well for down there. That's, I mean, that's a good deal, and that's what you, that's probably as someone who, I assume you haven't, you hadn't seen Wachita before. Uh, I actually was at Washington in 2010, but we were there. I was for Railback, and we were there in, uh, oh, spring, in late right? March, early April. Yeah, yeah it was a totally yeah. different style of fishing. All right. So seeing it again, I mean, and spending that amount of time on it, when you consider that a lot of the other guys in the field have fished a Forestwood Cup at Washington at the exact same time, and some of them, you know, live right around there, like Larry Nixon and Stetson Blaylock and whatnot. I, I, that was probably a. Do you think it helped you close the gap on some of these guys pretty well? Um, that was definitely intense. So I, I knew going into this that the only way that I was going to be able to catch up in the knowledge is by spending time there. Um, I don't know if it closed the gap for um, Arkansas in August and July is, is can be brutal. And Washita uh, is definitely one of those lakes that's that's very tough this time of year. Um, down there, fishing was pretty good, and I was feeling pretty good about myself. And it slowly dwindled uh, to the last week, which was just brutal. I just ended up doing a lot of looking around that last week and just marking brush and 
looking at all the different structures that they could possibly be on when we get back. Okay. One thing that I've been watching is the water level at Washita, and it's just been ticking down and down and down every single day. Do you feel like, mm-hmm. you know, that last week that you spent there was is going to pay off a lot in the tournament where you spend a lot of time marking stuff that will really come into play as this water keeps dropping off the banks? That is definitely the intent of why I did that. I believe water is going to the fall as it has every year during this time. Um, so that was the intent, going out and marking stuff out that's so deep right now that the fish will pull back to when they continue to drop this water. So the water dropped, it looks to be about six feet since the first time I, you know, the first week that I was there. So it's, it's dropped a long ways. Okay. How much is Dang. how much is the cup on your mind? You know, because it's it's the it's the biggest tournament you can fish. It's right there. It's five hundred thousand. You've spent a month preparing for it. How much how much are you thinking about that every day while you're practicing on Dardanelle? Maybe while you're even fishing on Dardanelle during the tournament. What do you? What's your mindset? I've really switched gears uh, pretty well uh, walking in the Dardanelle. Um, I, I haven't really been thinking about Washita that much. Um, I've been focusing on this tournament and finding fish for this one. Um, and, you know, it's helped that I've really, I've been able to catch some fish right away and get, get on being able to do that for this tournament. Um, but I will have to switch gears here quickly and get back to uh, Washington and get regrouped for that again. Okay. Is there any? Is there anything in particular at Washita, uh and at the Cup that you're just looking forward to, just from an experience standpoint? Nothing particular. I don't think just the whole experience in itself. Um, this is truly probably a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for me to get the cup, uh, especially as a as a pro. Um, so just you know, trying to take it all in and and make sure I enjoy it for what it is. Okay, take on it. Yeah, I I definitely agree. If you, what's a what's a successful tournament for you? Is it um, is it a top 20? Is it just being there and catching some fish? Or are you really are you really saying, I, I had a good tournament only if you end up in the top 10 and are, you know, in the running on the final day? What, for you, what would leave, what do you think would leave you satisfied? Um, I don't know that there's a place in my head that would leave me satisfied. I think... If I can go out and fish uh, to my strengths and and do well doing that, you know, and doing well to me on Washita right now, it's you know, fishing a limit every day. Um, and if you can do that, I think you're going to be in the hunt for that, you know, top one, top ten um, kind of finish. So that's what success looks like for me now. All right, good stuff. Um, Kyle, do you have any uh, anything else yeah. that you want to get into? I- I do want to know something and um, with regards to practicing for the cups, uh, I feel like you know there's a few different styles of anglers uh, that I've gotten to know over the year. You have guys that'll 
you know, they, they pre-practice a lake, kind of pick up a little piece of info, uh, but they still don't really set a game plan for official practice at the Cup. And then there's other guys that, you know, like I know on day one, I'm going to try this, this, and this. On day two, I'm going to try this, this, and this, you know, and so on. So w- which kind of guy are you when it comes to, you know, preparing for this Cup year? Are you that kind of, I got a set game plan, or are you kind of like, well, I know a few things. I'm still going to kind of go out with an open mind and just, you know, see the lake basically with a fresh set of eyes. I'm trying to go out with an open, um, you know, open mindset. Um, the first day I definitely had a game plan for There's a certain way that I come out there. Um, so I'm going to go look at that first. And we'll let, we'll let the fit of what day two and three are going to do. Okay, I like it. So hopefully, if everything goes really well, day one and two, you're doing about the same thing, dialing things in. Maybe day three, you go look for a couple other things just in case, right? That's the plan. <laughs> we'll All right. see that, if that works out. <laughs> All right, well, Kyle, you know, we'll be up there. We'll be on the water a little bit. We'll have to keep an eye out for Casey and see if he seems to be doing the same thing. And if it's all going right, or if he's doing a whole bunch of different things and yeah. it's uh, going sideways a little bit. We'll check back in with him. All righty. Sounds good. Good deal. Casey, I guess before we let you go, I've got well, I've got one question and then one thing I want to... Why don't you have an Instagram profile picture? That's what I want to know. You're at Fishing, <laughs> and you're just like a little, a little blank head. <laughs> But you post cool pictures. Uh, I guess I never. Yeah, I guess I could probably put a picture out there. I I, uh, I really use Instagram just to feed my Facebook account. Uh, so I've been, you know, looking more at Facebook uh, than Instagram. But I should probably put a profile picture up. You totally should. I I, I agree with Kyle. <laughs> you totally should. <laughs> How's that by the end of the day? How's that sound? I love it. Uh, I like it. I guess aside from that, where can people follow you? They can obviously uh, follow you on Instagram and I guess Facebook too. Yep, Facebook at Casey Gallagher Fishing. Um, so that's where I, I do most of my posts, and I do a lot of it via Instagram. So yeah, at uh, Casey G Fishing on Instagram. All righty. Well, I think that'll about cover it, Casey. Uh, good luck. Uh, good luck on Dardanelle. Safe travels up to the Cup, and good luck once you get out in Wachita. All right. Well, thank you. So, Kyle, we just got off with Casey Gallagher. Um, pretty quiet guy. Pretty cool guy. Really good fisherman. Uh, yeah. I definitely like his mentality on what would cause him to uh, go from fishing because he likes to fish tournaments to fishing as a career. I think that's a oh, real smart way to go. Absolutely. There are far too many guys in the sport that are like, man, I could be a pro, and they just dump everything into it. And then they wind up in a really bad financial situation and they don't sit and take time to just, you know, think about the consequences. And he seems to be, you know, he obviously cares a lot more about his family, which numero uno. And uh, I got a lot of respect for a guy like that. Yeah, no, I can, uh, I can dig it. Uh, And I think he's, I like that he's also prepared very extensively for the cup. I mean, oh yeah. To spend a month on the water. I don't know that anyone else has done that. No, and the fact that his job 
gave him like a leave of absence for that. I mean, pretty that's sweet. pretty uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, no, that's that's a cool deal. I'm definitely looking forward to. I'm. I really hope it pays off for him. I obviously. I don't think he's going to win or anything, but I would love to see him, you know, really catch him, make a run at it. Heck yeah. I think that'd be cool. Uh, other than that, I, I think that was, it sounds like Dardanelle is going to be kind of cool, kind of fun to follow because there'll be a lot of different things going on, which is what I've heard from everyone I've talked mm-hmm. to about it. So that'll be fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess, Probably with that, we should just go ahead and make our rumble picks for that upcoming Rayovac. It's if you if you don't have all the details in your mind, that's fine. It's this week. It starts uh, starts Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, it's the last Central Division event of the year, so we'll have an AOI at the end of this. Right now, Matt Airy is leading by a pretty good chunk. Um, we'll see if he holds on to that. He certainly might have a shot at it, but he's never been to Dardanelle before. And he's been down there practicing for a couple days, and maybe he'll catch him, maybe he won't. You never know. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll see about that. I guess. Are, are there any other sort of pre-type details you feel like we should cover? Mm-hmm. No. All right. One thing: weigh-ins, uh, two thirty p.m. Central days one and two, three p.m. Central on the last day. So. Now you got that. Uh, that's a good note. Um, and we'll cover that just like a usual Rayovac. Uh, we don't have, we've got uh, some of our highly trusted freelancers headed out to work that one just because Kyle, you know, you and me and a whole bunch of other people were headed. Well, you're not headed to the cup on Saturday. Uh, no, I'm going. Most of the Kentucky office is, at least the Kentucky web team is driving out to Arkansas on Saturday to uh, be, mm-hmm. be there for the first day of practice and whatnot. Uh, before we get into the picks, I do want to ask you, uh, since we, we haven't had a lot of, um, you know, we just haven't had a lot of events on Darnell. We have a lot of BFLs. Yep. We've actually had, I think we've had two BFLs there this year, but they were early. It was like April and a May maybe. Yep. I can't remember that off the top of my head. I just, they were, uh, back a little ways um, but other like you mentioned uh with casey you know it's been like col- a few college events and then a long time ago you know like some series stuff and and things like that so like what do you know about dardanelle not really all that much okay i know it's got a lot of grass uh or it's got more grass than it used to let's put it that way uh yeah i yeah. also know it's got uh i believe some brush piles because i think some BFLs in the past have got one of brush piles there. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, I guess apparently there's some drops. You can fish below it too, because it's on the river. You're allowed to lock through here, because I and I know that because Matt Airy was trying to fish below Dardanelle uh, one day at practice. Interesting. Um, he said he didn't find what he wanted to find. Pulled out of there. So. That's about the extent of my Dardanelle knowledge. Okay. What do you know about Dardanelle? I was just wondering because I want I want to know kind of the background when you make your picks. Uh, what do I know? Yeah, kind of my, the same thing you do. My picks are weird. I don't know what I'm going to do with these picks, but we'll see. Yeah, I was going to kind of let you 
lead and then I was going to kind of make my, then I'll decide who I'm taking. But the, the thing like, um, like Casey Gallagher was saying how, you know, there could be an offshore thing and there can be a shallow thing. Like in both places, there's brush falls. There's a lot of, um, up the lake a little ways. Uh, there's a lot of little humps with grass on them, uh, like kind of sunken island type things. Um, different, you know, that guys will rip traps over or uh, drag a worm around. Not like super deep stuff, but it's still offshore. So like you can use your electronics and find spots, you know, the brush piles or those those little drops off of a grass line or something. And then, yeah, obviously there's shallow cover pretty much everywhere uh, and get dialed in. But I also know it's a lake that it's, you know, there'll be certain stretches that hold fish. Even though the rest of it, like you might have 500 yards of bank that looks the exact same, but there'll be like 75 yards where the fish are. You know what I mean? So it can be kind of weird like that in searching from uh, talking to the guys I have over the, over the years that have fished Dardanelle. That's kind of the one quirky thing about it, I think. All right. It sounds to me that you have a vast advantage on me in Dardanelle knowledge. Here's the thing, though. Uh, I didn't really use any of that for any of the guys that I, I have picked. I, it, you and I talked before we started recording this. Uh, I have not down on this piece of paper in front of me that could be potentials for my rumblings, but I'm just going to kind of let it roll as is. But none of them necessarily am I picking because they're super studs on Dardanelle. Okay. Well, I've got two moderate studs on Dardanelle on my list, but I haven't necessarily decided to pick them. Um, anyhow, though, I do get the first pick because I picked second at Champlain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to take Mark Rose with that pick. Ah, dang. Um, I figure here's why I like Mark Rose. One, he's Mark Rose. Super good. Two, I think he's got the deep and the shallow deal pretty well covered. Because if he's fishing deep, mm-hmm. he's the best one at that. If he's fishing shallow, he's really good at that. And he used to be kind of a river yep. rat situation. He's got a 33rd or a 27th place finish in a series event there. So give me some Mark Rose. I like it. I think that's a, a absolutely perfect pick All right. for, that, for that pond. Me too. Um, so with that... Props to Jesse for that pick, by the way. He's on board the Mark Rose bandwagon as well. Oh, okay. All right. He kind of made me think about it, and I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll do that. Yeah, he was like the first name I wrote down. Um, I went alphabetically, so Matt Airy was the first name I wrote down. (laughs) Uh, I guess... I'm going to do this. I'm going to take... I'm going to take Burge. I'm going to take Zach Burge. All right. I think that's a great pick. I think so. I don't think I really need to explain it. It's Zach Burge. No, he's real good. He catches them. Uh, I'm going to take Kerry Milner. Ooh, I like that. Um, I think Milner is primed and ready to catch hogs in one of these events here. Mm -hmm. He is not going to lose fish like he did at Kentucky Lake. He's going to be dialed in. He likes this type of fishing. Give me some Kerry Milner. Good call. Uh, I am going to take... 
I'm gonna take me some Glenn Brown. Glenn Brown's fishing this one. Yeah, man. No way. Oh yeah. Are you going like momentum? Are you going flipping? What's your What's your reasoning here? A little kind, bit of both. Kind of a little bit of everything. He, he's real determined uh, to qualify for the championship. Um, has anybody pointed out to him that he basically him, has that wrapped up if he like catches any fish at all at Lake Erie? Yes, <laughs> but uh, he's got but like a still, pair of top I, I love pins him. already in the Northern Division, so he's in good shape. Yeah, he's kind of he's got his. Uh, it seems like he's kind of got his mind right, and I like uh, Darnell's like kind of the pond for him. You know, being the shallow guy, like the foot uh, spread out, kind of get away from people. Uh, so I think yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna put some chips on Glenn Brown on this one. Okay. All right, I dig it. Um, man. I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to take Joey Sifuentes. Oh, dang. Um, Good pick. So Joey is, if you don't know, he's won a BFL there. He fished around there in college. He's got a bunch of experience on Dardanelle. He's also practiced with Larry Nixon all year at the, you know, this season as a co-angler. Fished the tour as a co-angler. Good guy. Good fisherman. I think this is his time to shine. I like also, that. I figured I need to pick at least one local guy. Yep. Yeah, he, he was going to be my local, but I think, um, oh, man, this this last pick's tough. I think... Hmm, I'm going to go with the... I think I'm gonna go with Tom Reddington. Oh, I like it. And kind of the same reason as you with Rose. Like Tom Reddington could get out, he could find some offshore stuff. Um, but at the same time, Tom Reddington to go find some fish at Halloween. So I kind of like him for that double dipping. You know, I like Burge and Brown are my kind of my shallow guys. So then hopefully Reddington can hold it down offshore. Yeah, I can dig it. Um, if you had a, if you had one more pick, who would it be? Robbie Dodson. Robbie Dodson. All right. Yeah. If I had one more pick, what about you? Um, let's see. I think it would be either. Gosh. I think it, if I had one more pick, I would take Todd Castledine. Oh yeah. Uh, he was on my list. Just because I. Like picking Todd Castledine, um, I think I do think Aries going to do real well in this one though. He's had a pretty decent practice, and mm-hmm. Spencer Grace is in this one as well. He's another uh, sort of young BFL kind of guy who's caught him pretty good at Dardanelle. Um, wouldn't mind picking him. Also from Dardanelle, yeah, he's uh, pretty good there. Hmm. So, I like it. I don't know. There's pretty good. There's a pretty fun little field here too. It's oh, I say little field. It's a pretty big field, but it's going to be you know. There's some big names, obviously, some big names who aren't fishing the cup, like Mark Rose. Mm-hmm. Some big names who are fishing the cup, like Zach Burge. Um, 
And then there's also there's a fair number of real local guys, and then you're sort of Central Division regulars. That you're you know your Mark Tucker's, your Casey Gallagher's, that sort of deal. So it'll be uh, it'll be kind of a cool one to watch. I should have picked Mark Tucker. I thought about it because he's basically like top twenties in every single one of these events, even if he's like he's just so good, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I ended up not, obviously. <laughs> Maybe shouldn't have. Oh well. Um, hey, so while we're on the Rayback Rumble, let's go ahead. Let's uh, tell people what happened at Champlain, um, and then maybe talk a little Champlain oh, before yeah. we get to the Cup. Sound like a plan? Works for me. All right. So at Champlain, I uh, picked up a win. Uh, it's now Kyle five, Jody three. So I'm working on the comeback. Uh, Chip it away. I had Corey Johnston, Brian LaBelle, and Troy Morrow. Uh, Corey Johnston finished 17th. Brian LaBelle finished 16th. Uh, Johnston was running south to catch largemouth. LaBelle was fishing for smallmouth up north. Troy Morrow finished 54th for me. He was fishing for smallmouth up north. You had uh, Dave Lefebvre, who finished 43rd. Wait who a minute. One time, I need him to not fail me. Uh... Joe Lucarelli, who finished third, uh, he was fishing for smallmouth. Lefevre was fishing for uh, largemouth. Joe Wood, 58th, who was fishing for largemouth. Now, one of your problems with Joe Wood is that he blew his motor on the first day. Yeah, that doesn't help. Yeah, it happens. But he got fixed up, and then he broke something else on the second day. So he kind of had a real tough tournament. <laughs> So a 58th is not bad. I'm okay with that. Yeah, he's Dave considered, considered. Come on, man. He salvaged it. I know, right? What's what's the deal, Dave? Come on. Dave was saying you. he was going to crush him. He was really excited about his practice. Yeah, I mean, he should be because he's normally... It should have been like Dave uh, first or second, Joe Lucarelli third, Joe Wood 58th, and another win for Kyle. But... That's okay. Well, you know what? Luckily, I picked a bunch of consistent anglers who got the job done. Uh, I got to make this race a little interesting. I got to let you get back into it so when we get down to the final raybacks, we can uh, you know, be a tight race. Exactly. Uh, and anyhow, I averaged uh, out to 29. You averaged out to 34.6. So not bad. Yeah, no, it was pretty tight. Uh, picking Moro killed me. I should have, uh, I should have just, <laughs> if I could have got the Luca Relly, that would have worked out real nice. Um, oh man, you would have swept. Cause yeah, you totally sniped him. Um, mm -hmm. but I, I should have probably just taken another, another local type guy and cause most of the local type guys did pretty well. You know, they, yeah. they all yep. like sort of the Champlain regulars, a lot of them banked top 30 finishes, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyhow, it worked out. It was a fun tournament to cover. Do you have anything about that you want to ask me that you hit on last week or want to hit on more before we transition? Well, I guess um, not necessarily anything specific I want to ask you, but I do want to get your take on the event overall. Uh, like whether it was, uh, you know, how the lake fished or, you know, if you saw anything that kind of surprised you like, the stuff Glenn Brown's doing did, was that kind of like, Oh man, I didn't see that coming. Uh, just kind of like Jody's thoughts about Champlain. Okay. So 
Glenn Brown doing what he did to catch fish didn't surprise me because there's there are times where you can catch him up tight to the bank like he did on the south end. Glenn Brown doing that as well as he did for three days in a row shocked me because that's just not supposed to happen. Um, you know, okay. he he weighed sixty three eight, which is he, he could have legitimately caught more than twenty pounds every day if he hadn't broken his boat on the last day. And he averaging over 20 pounds a day is unheard of on Champlain. Like, it just doesn't happen. Uh, usually, usually uh, like, a winning weight on Champlain for a multi-day tournament is, like, 19, 18 or 19 a day. And if you can do that, and you can average that, you're going to win. Or you're going to be right up there. And that was not the case this time around. So that was really impressive. And oh, yeah. Awesome. Other than that, though, I wasn't really shocked by how the tournament turned out. I expected a lot of top 10s to come from up north, and a lot of top 10s did come from up north. Um, I think there were only there were only three guys fishing down south, and, only, and actually Chad Grigsby caught probably about a third of his weight from up north. So he oh, really? was kind of fishing south, but added some smallmouth every single day from up north. So you kind of, he's like a south and north guy. I guess the other really interesting thing was what Otis Darnell was doing. I know it's not uncommon for guys to fish in the Missisquoi River. Uh, but what he, his deal, you know, fishing the cut banks and, and what he had dialed in was really, it was really very interesting. Um, he was around a lot of fish and it was kind of a, I won't say a totally new approach, but I was kind of surprised to see it doing that well and he definitely had it dialed in very well and they're you know was fishing it a different way with that swim bait than a lot of other guys fish it so that was cool he was also really difficult for me to find on the last day (laughs) i spent about an hour and a half trying to find him before i actually found him um was it big directions or was he just uh his directions were actually very Moving good. Around a lot. His directions were very good. Uh, the problem is that I'm not very familiar with the Missisquoi River Delta because okay. I've been up there like once. And the whole thing is just like it's all lined with reeds. So you actually can't really see the openings unless you really know where to look. And ah. essentially, I went to all of the wrong places and I tried to like get in over a beaver dam and. It was just a bad deal until I found, like, one way in, and I went in and went in and went in, and I sort of looped all the way around. I went in one arm and looped all the way around to another arm to where he was at. Um, I've got a picture of it, of my GPS on the phone. I'll send it to you later. Because uh, <laughs> kind of it was kind of a wild goose chase for a while there. But we got the job done, and that's what counts. Absolutely. Um... I'm trying to think. Is anything else? Any other key things that we need to... Where is that picture? Um, any other key things I need to cover here? I, I think that was probably about, about, about it for my takeaways from the event. It was a lot of fun to cover. All right. I'm sending you the uh, picture of my GPS, so you'll have that. Besides that, are you ready for, uh, ready for some cup talk? Sure. Awesome. 
So I want to start out with fantasy fishing because that's what we talk about here. And there are one, two, three, one, two, three, four guys, five guys priced at $26. Luke Clawson, Jacob Wheeler, Cody Meyer, Larry Nixon, and Wesley Strader. And you took, of those guys, Larry Nixon and Jacob Wheeler, and I took Luke Clawson and Cody Meyer. So here's what I want to know. Why, when you were saying, hey, I want to spend 26 bucks, why did you buy those two instead of those other three guys? Uh, well, I'll tell you, I just got the picture of your GPS and holy cow. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's a big area, by the way. That's, uh, yeah. that's not like a, just a little Delta. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's pretty funny. Um, but anyway, back to the question at hand. So here, here's my thinking. Uh, one, I, I went with Wheeler because I like his ability to show up in championship tournaments like you know he might go a season and kind of have like a eh, you know not a bad season um you know by normal standards but when he gets to championships the dude there he like goes into like an extra gear so with that said uh being that's Wachita and i feel like uh the deep bite will play uh you know like brush piles and stuff, has a good grasp on how to run those uh, how to find those, how to fish them. But at the same time, he could also get dialed in on a topwater bite early in the morning. Uh, and he's proficient at that kind of bite, you know, those kind of specific little window things. Um, also, maybe even like if there's a, a wolf pack fish cruising around up shallow. Uh, I just, I like those, uh, those weapons that Wheeler has. And I felt like 26 bucks for him. Uh, he was the first, $26 guy I wanted to pick hands down when I saw him in that category with those other guys. So it was more of this dual purposeness than, uh, than anything else. And then for Nixon, who's my, yeah, Nixon, uh, Nixon, I picked him because, <laughs> well, one, I really want to see Nixon win a cup and it's super cool for him to win on Wachita. And granted he hasn't fared you know, like the best on Wachita, but at the same time, if it's hot, fishing's tough, and Nixon has some brush piles out deep, or um, uh, you know, any kind of deeper stuff where he can drag a sinkhole on, I think he's going to do all right. I feel like this this is kind of one of those tournaments where it could be like Nixon making a run at it, kind of a thing. Okay. So that was kind of more of a kind of making thing. a Plus, run, I like falling, making hot. Do you see sort of a making a run but falling short situation? Potentially, yeah. Like he's like in the top like 10, a, uh, he needs a big day in the final day. Like he has a good day three, gets in the top 10, yep. needs a big day in the final day, doesn't quite get it. Yeah, I, I could I could totally see that. But okay, I still I can think see that too. I, I like, I think Nixon, you know, I think he's got a very, very strong chance at the top 10. And um, with his ability, like he's been here before. You know, in these situations, he knows how to slow down. A lot of guys kind of freak out when it gets hot in the south. Um, you know, they start moving around too much. Nixon, like, I mean, he has no problem putting that big floppy hat on and some sun gloves and just sitting there soaking a Sanko 
out on a brush pile. Yeah, he but, definitely yeah. can go out and soak a Senko. Um, and yeah, no, I think uh, I, I really... That little $26 tier is a real sweet little tier. It is. Um, there was, There's no bad... I don't think there's a bad pick in there. Um, do you have any comments or thoughts on uh, my choices or questions about why I chose Well, them? I, w- I want to know the Clawson pick. All right. I kind of picked Clawson because he's due. Obviously, he won this cup a while ago. I think this guy is going to win another cup one of these days. He's just okay. that good. I think he's due for a really big tournament. I also think this is a place where he can do really well. Sort of the same way, you know, Wheeler is versatile or Nixon can soak something in a brush pile. Clawson can throw a shaky head or slow down or speed up about as good mm-hmm. as just about anybody out there. Good so, point. I'm all about That's Luke Clawson. I think he's had a really good season. He's primed for a really good cup. Um, that's my Clawson strategy. I kind of went. I, I kind of went just on for him. It was a little bit of a hunch, a little bit of. I know the talents there. I'm gonna sort of trust it and trust in his consistency because he's a very consistent angler, and that sort of led me to picking him ahead of a guy who I thought might be a little more of a boom and bust type of type of guy, like you know, Nixon or Wheeler. Sure. Um, I don't know. We'll see how that works out. Why are we all quiet? I don't know. Oh, I thought you had another question about that. I wasn't, uh, obviously, you did not. Uh, No, sorry. I was staring at my fantasy fishing fix. Okay. I zoned for a second. That's my bad. Cool. Uh, I haven't looked at your picks to compare them to mine. You can look at them at fantasyfishing.com. Just go there, click the tournament picks section. They're all right there. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to click that right now. All right. What I'm going to do is I'm going to bug you about some of your picks. Okay. Mark Daniels Jr., John Cox, Ish Monroe. All three Uh guys who I think are real good shallow water anglers. They can also catch them deeper, but... Mostly real good shallow water anglers. Heck, Tracy Adams, too. Real good shallow water angler. Not a guy I necessarily would say he's going to excel fishing deep in brush or something like that. Are you at all concerned, considering the water on this lake is rocketing downward and there should be fewer fish hitting the banks, you know, by the week, the fact that it won't be a full moon during the tournament, so there's not likely to be a big bluegill spawn up on the banks? What 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 are you thinking with these guys? Um... Yeah, no, I'm not. Uh, I'm still not really concerned. Okay, uh, good. The, I like that. <laughs> let's go, uh, Ish Monroe, for example. Uh, I picked Ish because I, I felt like he's due uh, in a championship tournament uh, to come up big. And and this year he's been fishing, uh, you know, like a very relaxed, easygoing kind of mentality. And I feel like when guys kind of get in that zone where they just you know more fish in the moment. Not really like a momentum thing or anything. Just, you know, like, hey, there's a point. I'm going to go throw a swim bait across it. Oh, I caught a four-pounder. And, like, cruise along. He's like, well, I don't know. I'll stop and fish this pile. Good one out of it. You know what I mean? Or, like, run to the back of a pocket in the morning. Uh, I don't know. 
maybe find some grass that's still around, throw a frog, catch one. Like, I just feel like Ish is going to go out there and just kind of wing it. And it's been working really well for him this year, and he's a good enough angler that it can work really well for him. So I kind of liked that mentality on his part. Um, who else? Yeah, like John Cox, kind of same principle. Like, the dude's been, like, making it work. Um, you figure he's going to keep making it work. Yeah, I feel I feel like if there's one guy that's going to stay tuned into a, a shallow bite, it's probably going to be John Cox. Um, so that was kind of just like a whimsical pick. You got Mark Daniels, and then you mentioned Tracy Adams. Uh, Mark, yeah, shallow guy, but I feel like he's learned a lot this year, and I feel like he, um, you know, knows what he'll have to do. I feel like Fala kind of maybe. Um, got him helped him out a little bit you know he wasn't exactly fishing shallow um or i guess you know for you follow standards it was a little deeper uh, but that was like isolated piece of structure and, and after talking to him i felt like he kind of got a grasp on how that works you know what i mean yeah and he's like actually he to, spent a bunch of time on you because he's you know from he lives like an hour away from there now yeah, yeah he's just just up the road so i i kind of felt like well if there's thing Mark could do it, but I still kind of like him as an outside chance to get dialed in on something deep, and then he's a good enough angler. You know, I feel like if he does, it's going to be something that would, you know, put him in like a top 25 kind of a thing. Okay. Um, and then Tracy it. Adams, you know, Carolina dude. Those Carolina guys are pretty good at doing stuff, yep. uh, regardless <laughs> of how it comes to catching up. So that's kind of why he fit the bill there. Cool. I, yeah. uh, I like it. So, why don't you own Anthony Gagliardi? Because I look at him as like the best bargain in the field here. He's twenty-one bucks. Like the guys you who know? are more expensive than him, it's ridiculous. I cannot believe Gagliardi is only twenty-one bucks. He's won, won I, the I cup. He seems to. I don't think there's anything that he can't do. And we're going to a clear lake with brush, and. He's not in like the top ten. I don't get it. Yeah, um, you know, I the way I built my team, I kind of took those high dollar guys, and then I I had to build a lower tier. And to be honest with you, I felt really good. The team I have is the team I made like first go through. I didn't make any edits to it. I didn't uh, go back through. Like I, I just felt pretty confident with the guys right out the gate and that's kind of why i went with it all right but i'm very jealous of the gagliardi pick i, I think look, looking at your team i think you have a very very strong team uh you got a blaylock you got gagliardi you got a Clawson, uh you got a thrift good choice i really love the tomorrow pick um who's the one what'd you pick curtis richardson well, you know, Team Canada, eh? <laughs> um, let's see. So Richardson costs six bucks, right? Mm-hmm. Let me uh, let me sort this by salary. Yeah. So it was for me when I was down there. I needed to own two six dollar guys the way my team worked out, and there are three six dollar guys. So there's Casey Gallagher, Patrick Walters, who qualified from college, and Curtis Richardson. 
And I actually almost took Walters because I figured, you know what? He's kind of growing up around Lake Murray. He's pretty good with Clearwater Lakes, pretty good around Brush probably. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? The college guys, I love it when they do well, but they don't often do well. It's a big hurdle. Yep. And Richardson, Avina has told me multiple times he's like an ultra stud. Um, and granted, Richardson prefers smallmouth and is more dialed in on that side of things. But I'm hoping that it, I think he'll do okay at the cup, or at least I'm willing to take that gamble. Okay. And, you know, for six bucks, I mean, it's not like you're really. Yeah, it's not like you're. I'm not expecting him to win. I'm thinking there's a decent chance that he does okay. Uh, all right, so one guy I want to ask you about is Todd Otten. I think it's Todd Otten, anyhow. Yeah. Um, Todd Otten, none of our pundits picked him. He's priced at only $9, yet 35% of the regular people have picked Todd Otten. He's coming in ahead in pick percentage of Blaylock, Clawson, Sean Gordon, Gagliardi, and behind guys like Dudley, Morgan, Thrift, and Martin. Todd Otten has in, let's see, one, two, three, uh, three stops on Washita. One of them, two of them in August, never finished below 36. In 2007, he finished 36 in an August tournament. He finished sixth place in an August tournament in 2011. I think that was the cup. Mm. No, I'm not. Well, regardless, I'm not going to worry about that. And then 25th in a May event on Wachita in 2010. So, what are your Todd Otten thoughts? So, I like Todd Otten. I actually, if I wasn't too lazy and I wanted to redo my team, I would have put Todd Otten on my team. I actually almost did. Um, it, like, I think it's a great pick. Todd Otten, pretty solid fisherman, and 9 bucks is not too much for him. Heck no. And Todd Otten's one of those guys that, like, just kind of, like, quietly goes about his business. Like you said, he's a good stick. Going around, throwing a chatterbait. But, yeah, like kind of cover some water, and, oh, here's a four-pounder. Oh, here's a three-and-a-half. Oh, here's a four. I mean, the dude just catches fish, especially when they're up shallow. He'd be another guy. Like him job would be two guys that I feel like could get dialed into that shallow bite and potentially make it last three, maybe four days. Yeah, I could see that. I followed Todd Otten at the at, at uh you follow this year because uh, I was running down the lake and I saw a bunch of birds. I was like, let's go over toward those birds. And just as I'm starting to go over there, Todd Otten's starting to go over to those birds too. He's like, hey, I got to check these birds out. Um, and I followed him <laughs> for a little while, and he caught like a four, and then he caught like another four, and then he kept going down the bank a little ways, and he caught like eight keepers in like half an hour i was like okay todd otten he's on fire yeah. uh so that's the that's the todd otten story i have i don't know that there'll be any shad spawns going on at uh at this one but who knows yeah you never know okay well i think uh i think we probably covered our fantasy fishing bases pretty well here mm -hmm. and of course if you want to see all our picks you can go to fantasyfishing.com sign yourself up uh, build your team 
I mean, there's money in the line at this one, just like there was at the last one. Uh, should be a That's good right. time. Um, that said, cup preview. What are you looking forward to? What's what is hmm. what are some of the storylines you want to see? Uh, any anything like that? What's up there? Well, uh, I, I think for me, this is probably one of the cups where I feel the strongest about the chance for a repeat cup winner. So I'm going to be kind of looking pretty hard at a Jacob Wheeler, at a Scott who won his cup on Wachita, and uh, a Luke Clawson, uh, see and Anthony Gaggs how already. those guys fare. And Gags, yep. Um, who else am I asking? Is there only four? Past ones. Um, I, I keep forgetting to not look. I keep forgetting to make a list and get that 100%. But I will scan I the list like there's and only, let you know. I feel like there's only four. But either way, I feel like those guys, like this lake sets up pretty well for all of them. So that's kind of the number one thing in my mind that I want to keep eyes on Dudley. as a fan. Oh, how can I forget about Dudley? Well, either way, five. So there's another guy. That same thing. He could do something shallow. He could do something deep. You don't really know. I like the odds that this is the cup. 2015, we might see a repeat champion. That's kind of the biggest storyline that I'm I'm anticipating at the moment. All right. What about yourself? I think that repeat champion is... I feel like we've been saying it's bound to happen for probably three, four years now. Oh, yeah. Um. But gosh, it seems like this one, it could happen. But here's mm-hmm. the thing. At the same time, Brian Thrift and Cody Myers still haven't won a cup. And they're going to win a cup one of these years. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I think if I'm looking at anything, I'm looking at one of these guys who's sort of been denied or been close to win. I'm looking at sure. a Thrift, a Canterbury, um, Cody Meyer. I, I'd look to see those three sort of duking it out, maybe going for a win. That's what I, yeah. that's what I'm thinking. That's what I, like I want to see. I want to see, obviously it'd be sweet if we had a, if we had a repeat champion, because it hasn't been done before. But I would, mm-hmm. there's still guys in the field who I would really like to see get a win. Um, and I just think that'd be awesome to have happen. Uh, Man. It's going to be cool to watch. Cool to follow. Dude. All right, so one other thing I want to know. What is your heat strategy? Because the first day of the Cup, it's supposed to be like 103. And it's going to, granted, fall into the high 90s for subsequent days of the Cup. Uh, And that's just like raw temperature, not heat index or whatnot. So let's say it's going to be pretty hot out there. What do you got planned? Yeah, it's going to be toasty. Because uh, you and I, we're going to be on the water, water all day, every day. Yeah, uh, man, I am not looking for it. It is probably like there's one thing I despise more than anything. It's heat. I can't do it. But I'm just going to like, you know, drink a bunch of water. Hopefully guys are catching hogs so I won't have to think too much about how hot I am. I'll just be snapping photos. <laughs> Hopefully my camera doesn't melt. Yep. Um, 
thought about bringing an umbrella. But I'm just gonna I'm just gonna rock what I normally do. I think uh, I'm gonna do the same thing. I got a couple new pairs of shorts. Um, coming. I think that's gonna be good. And, what kind uh, of shorts? Uh, I got some from Sims. I got two different kinds. I got one that's uh, it's like a lightweight short, and then I got one that's like a super lightweight short. Um, oh, I'm just oh. trying them both out. I'm hope I'm figuring they're coming in the mail. I'm figuring that I, I got two. I figure at least one of them will be prime, and one of them maybe won't be the deal. We'll see. And I might have to send it back, but you know we'll see. <laughs> I'm okay. I have a hard time shopping. I went to Bass Pro on my way back after I landed in Nashville on the weekend. Uh, yep. And I went and I picked up like four. I tried on a bunch of different pairs of shorts, and I just never found the pair of shorts that I wanted there. It didn't say, boom, those are the ones. So I headed to the internet. We'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, it's always sketchy ordering stuff off the internet. Yeah, at the same time, I've got a fair amount of experience with Sims with their pants and a couple of their shorts, so I've got, I don't know. We'll see. Okay. I'm hoping if I can get one of them to work good, great. If I can get both to work good, even better. Um, but I got that. I got a big floppy hat. I'm thinking about bringing that instead and transitioning from my ball cap to the big hat. I think Ooh. that might be a good call. We'll see. I'm probably going to bring it and sort of test it out. I don't know if I can get that to work. Oh, a good ball. place to try it. Um Maybe I'll do that this evening. Maybe I'll go when I go fishing, because uh, I'll probably go fishing tonight and probably tomorrow night. But if you have a floppy hat, do you not need a buff? In my experience, you still need a buff. Okay. It helps, I think, and it does. It's got some other benefits in that it just it keeps you gives you a little more shade. But in my experience, you still need to rock a buff. Otherwise, you're going to get sunburnt. Okay. Or at least I I get sunburnt. Maybe I don't have a big enough hat. Mm, that could be a problem. Maybe I need to talk to Alex Davis about which truck stop he gets yeah. his hats from and get me yeah, one. Yeah, I was going to say, he just got a truck stop your way down. You know, I went to a truck stop and I looked for hats and I couldn't find one big enough. They had some hats, they were all too small. You just got to hit every one you go by. So, 33 hours later, after I <laughs> arrive in Arkansas. <laughs> Um, all right I think that's good stuff to look forward to it's going to be I think it's going to be a grind of a tournament but I think it's going to be cool I'm looking forward to one thing I want to see so the brush pile situation at Eufaula besides Thrift almost everybody fished the same brush piles like they all found them they all found the good ones yep I want to see if it's that way at Wachita or if guys who are fishing brush piles, find different productive brush all throughout the lake. You know what I mean? Good point. I think that'll be kind of an interesting one to follow and just sort of keep an eye on. Because those brush piles, besides the rifts, had gotten played out by the last day. And if that's the case, and they all are fishing the same brush piles, then we need to be saying, okay, who's not doing that? Who's going to win this on the final day? And that's a storyline yep. we got to keep an eye on. We'll have our finger on the pulse of that. Yeah. Um, all right, so as far as cup content plans and whatnot, what you guys will be seeing, 
uh, we're gonna we're gonna do kind of a running practice blog with I'm hoping a lot of pictures of food from where we go and eat after we get off the water and stuff like that, <laughs> but also just a, ran- a bunch of random observations and whatnot from what we see, uh, what we hear, that sort of thing. Because we're all getting in there, or most of us are getting in there, and others are trickling in from uh, Saturday on. So we'll be there for the duration of practice. Uh, let's see. We'll have a ton of uh, pre-tournament videos, of course. That'll be a highlight of our coverage. We're going to have some more of those practice galleries. I'm going to go out with Zach Burge for one of them. Who are you going out with, Kyle? Uh, I think I'm going out with Gary already. Yeah. That'll be fun. We're going to have a couple different ones of those. Uh, Kurt's got a really sweet thing coming with uh, Sonny and Roy Hawk, who are fishing the cup as, well, not as a team, but father and son both qualified via the uh, Western Division at the Rayovac FLW Series Championship. Um, so they're kind of practicing as a team and whatnot, and that'll be really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. A lot of the stuff you'll see is going to be the usual stuff, but a lot of it will be better, I think, and more Wachita-y. Yep. Also, you should read Jimmy Reese's fantasy picks uh, just for the fun of reading them at fantasyfishing.com. Um, <laughs> they are... He had a good time with them, and if Kyle, if you want, I can send you the unedited version, which is probably even funnier. Uh, yeah, I would love. <laughs> uh, he he makes in one of them he makes up a new word, which I actually like the word. So, it's <laughs> oh, a pretty yeah, you good gotta word. send it to me. Prowlness. What do you think? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. Let's do some BFL things and. Uh, We'll end our probably like six hour long podcast. Yep. Sounds good. Okay. So, uh, first up, out of uh, Golconda on the Ohio River, uh, the Illini Division event, um, Dan Shiraga caught 12 11, picked up the win. He was fishing in the Cumberland River below uh, the Barkley Dam. So, I guess the interesting part about that, yeah, he was fishing in the Cumberland. The interesting thing is what that what that might mean for the Rayback Championship. Would you agree? Yeah, I think it's a it's a cool little uh, precursor. Yeah, and he was I think throwing a tube, and he caught like one big one, which was pretty much, which was a lot of his weight. But he also you know, sort of said that he feels like it's much easier to catch a limit out of the Cumberland than it is out of the Tennessee. So mm-hmm. that's interesting. Um, then in the Northeast Division on Champlain, Ed Casey caught 19-3. He was fishing up north. He was fishing uh, sort of some humps that had chunk rock on them with a little grass around him and some zebra, zebra mussels. Uh, and he was just, he kind of threw a variety of baits, but I think he threw mostly a skinny dipper and caught a bunch of fish, caught some big ones. Pick up the win. Booyah. So, there we go. Um, Kyle, where can people find you on social media? Well, you can follow me on Instagram at Kyle Lumber. Uh, I'm also on Facebook, too. Kyle. Uh, that's it. 
That's, that's the social media E as I get it. Okay. You can find me on Instagram at Jody Blanco, on Twitter at Jody Blanco. Uh, you can find FLW on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Um, I think that's about it right now, except for some other things, which, Kyle, you're going to talk about. Yeah, for the Force Cup, FLW's going to have uh, it should be pretty cool, a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, and then we'll probably do some Periscope stuff. We haven't announced that yet on social media. Uh, look for it by the end of this week. Um, there'll be a little announcement about where to follow up. Snapchat's like LW Official is the uh, the account, and then Periscope's LW Fishing. Uh, and then also, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, send them to Jody and myself at podcast at flwfishing.com. Sounds like a plan. Um, thanks for tuning in, guys. Kyle, pleasure talking with you again. I'll see you in person next week. It's been real. We'll check you next week. See you.